Hi, this is Cynthia Mosser. Welcome to Art Chat Northwest, and I'm here with artist Rachel Zur, who's going to be having a show at Gallery 114, December 7th through 30th, and I'll talk about the details more at the end of the podcast. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you, Cynthia. So, Rachel, um, you're a painter right now, and I'd like to know if you could tell me a little bit about your background and education, where you're from. Sure. Um, I was born in Albany, Oregon, and I was in the Portland metropolitan area for part of my childhood and then spent much of the rest of it in Southern California. And I attended College of Creative Studies at uh, UC Santa Barbara for my undergraduate work. And right now I'm currently working on my MFA in the low residency program at the School of the Art Institute of Chicago. What led to your decision to pursue painting as a career? I feel like it's one of those things where it kept seeking me out. I had always been someone who would draw a lot and I ended up just being in these situations where I wanted to get away from it. I knew that being a painter is a hard life to have of wearing many different hats and it just kept seeking me out and I'm no longer resisting that. I'm embracing that this is part of who I am and even though it is so hard and demands so much from me, I need to do it. So let's talk about your show, the title of the show, and how that plays into your work. So tell me about your show at Gallery 114. It's called Chimeras and Underdogs. Yeah, so I feel like first as painters in the contemporary art world, we all feel like an underdog a bit because of the way that art theory has marginalized painting. And in truth, I don't think that painting is an underdog. I think that because of the hybridity that painters have taken on and that we're operating outside of art movements now, everyone's doing their own thing. Three different volumes of vitamin P being published show that there's just so many different ways to be a painter. I feel like painters have morphed into chimeras, that we have this super hybridity to us. And so I think of like both the chimera that is of the biological nature of two different species hybrid together, or depending on the painter or painting, the mythological fire-breathing chimera with the head of a lion, a goat, and the tail of a snake. And then on a more personal level, I'm using the chimera as a metaphor for myself with dyslexia. I'm I had very severe dyslexia and it was a huge challenge in my early education. I was held back, I was put in um, special classrooms and through just a myriad of different learning strategies, I was finally able to become a very successful student. So it's this metamorphosis from being an underdog to someone who has taken on just this mishmash of ways of functioning in an academic setting to get through it. So how does that play into your work in your next show? I see that you're working in two dimensions and three dimensions using traditional and non-traditional art materials. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, I think that that's more of this hybridity that I was talking about with contemporary painting. And rather than just using a rectilinear surface, the paint at times is becoming both the image and the structure holding it together or I'm taking things like resin and coating bubble wrap with it and using that as a surface to paint on. Also taking the forms that look like they're letters or numbers and pushing them into becoming these shapes that aren't legible and giving my viewer an experience that was similar to what mine was when I was learning to read or 
you know, we've spoke of this earlier in my studio of that even now with my studies, when I get to a certain point of fatigue with just after putting in a lot of time in my studio and all the time that I spend studying, my mishmash of strategies to decode words starts to fall apart. And I do start to see the words blending in to make these non-word sort of shapes. So rather than getting frustrated about that, I decided, no, I'm going to make this an experience that my viewer can share with me. And do you have a preference for a particular medium that you're working with right now? Even though my work is veering into different three-dimensional areas, I still always see myself as a painter. And I think that's because of my interest in color and form. So I, I use a lot of acrylic paint. Resin has been something I've been enjoying playing with um, over the last several months as well. I'm enjoying putting in non-traditional materials like flooring into the piece or those mats that go under a rug so that you don't slip. I've cut those out into forms, coated that with resin, and began painting on those as well. So Rachel, when you say your work centers on the gaps that written language cannot fill, can you tell me more about that quote? That comes from your artist statement. Yeah. I've been reading a lot of Arnheim lately, and he says it better than I do when he speaks of that the gesture intelligently limits itself to communicating what's most essential when it creates a form. And we're just thinking about how scholars spend all this time carefully selecting the words that they're going to package their thoughts with for safekeeping, but then words change meaning over time, or they mean different things in different cultures or to different people. I'm not advocating for doing away with words, but I feel like painting just brings more holistic methodologies to communication. We respond to color and form as humans in this very in intuitive way, and I'm interested in, in that. Your work has a strong graffiti quality to it, especially with the use of this hashtag kind of symbol. Where does that come from? Yeah, I've had people bring up graffiti before with my work, and I thought that what they were referring to was just the use of spray paint in the work because that's a material that I enjoy using. And I've been thinking about that, and I think that it's more that there are these certain shapes and rhythms that are repeating themselves in the piece is what people actually were saying to me. and. And I do have an interest in street art and the freedom and rebellion that is part of that spirit and movement, even though that's not something that I participate in. So I'm interested in bringing something very alive and maybe a little bit wild to the work. And in relation to wild, your work has a lot of really vibrant color. Can you tell me about that? I feel like I'm someone who is defiantly optimistic. I really want my viewer to have an experience that is energizing and positive, even though I'm talking about something that could potentially bum some people out with dyslexia through the work. And that's my not my intent. I really want to talk about dyslexia through my work and my experience, but I also feel that there's a lot of positives that I get out of that. I think that being in the Pacific Northwest too in these gray skies just is another push to use these bold, vibrant colors. It becomes like this visual Prozac. I don't mind the gray skies because I'm in my studio using these hyper fluorescent colors. 
And Rachel, you're, um, you've talked about that you're in an MFA program right now and you're showing your work simultaneously. How does it work for you being um, a student and a professional artist at the same time? Well, professional artist is such an interesting word that gets placed on us because of just the different hats that go along with that. And so I really think of myself as wanting to identify as that I'm a serious artist and that it's about making the best work that I can possibly make, taking risks, and then trying to share what those experiences are with other people. And that, to me, is the whole reason why we all want to show our work is we feel that we have something to contribute to the conversation visually. Do you think the MFA program has changed your work or improved it or given you new ideas? Absolutely. I feel that I am being reminded in this environment to continue to take risks and to push the work, to question what I'm doing. And this whole body of work centering on dyslexia came out of going back to school. And one of my apprehensions about going and pursuing my MFA is I knew that MFA programs are notoriously difficult with the level and, and intensity of the writing. And while I'm a strong writer, it does take me a lot of time to do the reading, to do the writing. And so I started to have these apprehensions with my dyslexia and going back. And I thought, no, this is a great opportunity to have this conversation visually as well. And so it's propelled this whole body of work. So you have three children, which I would say is a pretty full life. <laughs> How do you manage your time and your art life, your MFA, your shows, your studio practice? How do you keep that all together? Well, I mean, a wonderful thing happened last year, and that was that my youngest went to kindergarten. And that has really been fantastic for my studio practice and not having the mom guilt of asking my oldest to watch the other two so that I could get things done. As soon as they leave for school, then I go into my studio and I begin working. But at the same time, I don't want to give this impression that like I have it all perfectly together and that, you know, I feel like as women, we're told so often that we can have it all. And I don't think that that's the way it really is. There are a lot of messy evenings of okay, we're going to have peanut butter jelly sandwiches for dinner and things like that. I want to be real about that. Yeah, it's, it's imperfect. Do you have a career goal for yourself as an artist? I feel that there are paintings that I know I'm capable of making and I'm not quite sure exactly what they look like, but I have a sense of them inside of myself and it's about working towards making that body of work that is not fully articulated in my mind yet, but to getting to that point. And then to be able to share that with other people because I don't wanna just be in my studio alone with the work. It, it needs to go out and have its own life afterwards. And other than the show that's coming up, do you have anything else planned for yourself? Any trips, residencies? Well, um, I do have another residency this summer out at the Art Institute of Chicago, and that's for six weeks. And I also have a, another show at Gallery 114 next November that I'm beginning to think about, but that's still a ways out. So Rachel, we've come to the part of the interview where I have 10 rapid fire questions. Yeah, are you ready for it? Sure. Great. What's your favorite color? Well, it was pink, but we're, because of its um, 
bizarre conflicted history but I feel like right now I don't have a favorite color it's just more and more color is what I want <laughs> favorite shape it's got to be a blend of geometric with organic shapes put together <laughs> favorite artist P.F. Rise she's amazing she does these paintings but they have that sort of sculptural quality with the paint taking on these forms and that's always been a huge inspiration to me and I feel like it's my own work is responding to it in a, a little bit of a different way but yeah your favorite museum or art gallery my favorite museum is the Art Institute of Chicago your favorite way to maintain your energy hiking favorite city or place Portland if you could meet one dead artist who would you choose my dad what do you do every day that reminds you you're an artist work in the studio <laughs> And what's one thing an artist should do every day? I really am a big believer in that you need to either be painting in the studio, cleaning your studio, drawing in your studio, or looking at the work in the studio. And if you could live anywhere else in the world outside of Portland, where would it be? I wouldn't. I love Portland, but yeah, I, I do want to have other adventures in the world. So Rachel, what I want to do is review your show coming up December 2017 at Gallery 114. It's called Chimeras and Underdogs, December 7th through the 30th. And it's open Thursday through Sunday from 12 to 6. She will be having an artist talk December 9th from 1 to 2 p.m. And then December 17th, another artist talk for kids from 1 to 2 p.m. Gallery 114 is located at 11... 00 Northwest Gleason, Portland, Oregon, 97209. So Rachel, thank you so much. This has been oh, a really great you. interview. This is Art Chat Northwest, and I'm Cynthia Mosser. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.